0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 226 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Now, I know I've been obsessed about the weather lately, but when you get this close to fall in Florida and are granted a few days of reprieve from the oppression that is the summer sun, heat, and humidity in the sunshine state, it has a tendency to get you a bit excited. Now that said, the rain and heat, well, it's back, at least for a little while longer, while we continue to march ahead knowing our time is soon to come And as just before we pressed record here, Jeff is like, hey, I think, uh, you know, we're having some lightning storms and some thunderstorms. So if you hear that in the background, just know that that is life in, well, I guess it's, is it fall yet? Technically, did we get in there? It's close. It's close. But that's still the norm for uh, Florida here this time of year. We are starting without Andy today. We hope that he can make it and jump in to the conversation, but if not, this is when we had to do it today. Schedules as always seem to get crazier and crazier. So I'm actually at the office at Duck Duck Productions and so we're we cobbled some gear together. We don't have our studio done yet, but I said if we're going to get it done this week and I I need to talk to Jeff and, and or Andy to talk through this. And so if it's now or never, so here we go. If it sounds a little bit different, we're just in a different place than (laughs) normal. So this past weekend was gathered at the table and it was communion. And I was thinking in my head during the week leading up to last week, this was our second virtual communion during COVID. Why do we need a sermon on a communion week? Growing up, I remember a lot of pomp and circumstance, the front of the church and the table that was always there, but it was really only used for something other than flowers on communion Sabbaths. White linen covering the silver trays of juice and crackers with little crosses on the top of the lids, which was the only place in any Adventist church I grew up in and around that actually had a physical cross anywhere in the building. And the folding of the linens, much like the folding of an American flag once we were, you know, opening and Uh, Uncovering, getting ready for passing out of the juice and the crackers, and of course, quiet and reverence led to the feeling that this was more holy than maybe most sabbaths, maybe most holy. And if you grew up Christian, communion seems pretty self-explanatory. I mean, once the usual scriptures are read and about the you know the Last Supper and the seemingly scripted prayers that go with them, because we kind of pray for the same things. Not that that's necessarily bad. So Annie started the message with the idea that we may well be wondering, why do we need to continue discussing? And let's just get down to business. Let's just do what we came for. Let's do this communion. But, you know, I often thought about this growing up and I've heard people ask this that aren't Christian or maybe were Christian and never maybe took the time to think about it on a deeper level in a way, isn't communion just like ancient liturgy or another biblical feast type event that really doesn't have any direct impact on our lives, maybe even less than those who don't participate? Or is this something that really we need to do and we really need to think about, Jeff? What do you think?
1: Yeah. You know, as you you, you jog my mind, because I, I do remember growing up in a, in a very similar church. Of course, you and I both grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. And, um, and it it was actually as I thought about it, it was actually kind of an exciting thing for me mm. uh, because as I looked at it, it was that time that was different than all of the other times you know it, was, it kind of broke up the, the time that you had and and um, I always looked at communion Sabbath for you know for those of us that you know a lot of people's there's a there's a communion maybe every, every sunday for some churches yeah that's um true. and then there's a communion that happens uh in a sense jesus says as often as you eat and as you you know in other words every meal should you know you should think about me which is where we get the blessing from you know the right yeah we you know we offer a blessing before a meal which kind of comes from that but um but those of us that you know make it a little more uh, sporadic in terms of it uh, being not every every weekend when you come to worship. But um, I think that there is a side to this that um, that creates within us a, a sense of longing for because communion really does uh, promote all of these things, but they're all symbols, right? They're all Um, they're all pieces to uh, what Christ would really want us to look forward to. So in a sense, it creates this longing of once in a, you know, we have a little tiny piece of bread. We have a little cup of, you know, it's just these little tiny things that are going on. But and and I remember that you know as as I got older I'm thinking man alive how come they don't give us a meal here you know but um, (laughs) I want to rip it off
0: the loaf like I see in the in the pictures right (laughs) exactly yeah
1: but it creates this this longing these symbols create that longing for a deeper uh, richer communion with God so I think in that respect. Yes, it it is symbolic in a way, but it and it's maybe commemorative in a way, but it really points us forward to something that we would, you know, really want to hope would come soon, you know.
0: I like that because, you know, past, like just, like you said, liturgy or a feast-type event that seems maybe outdated, but, you know, also it seems to me like, at least in Adventism and maybe more so— I think it's still, I think it's still around, but symbolism has always seemed like a slippery slope in our denomination because you know, what, what, what symbolism is honoring and worshiping versus what's worshiping the process or the symbol itself. Like, you know, there's not a big, it seems like crosses aren't a big thing in Adventism per se, certainly not in anything that would be like jewelry wise or things like that. Whereas on I just always found it odd that on the trays that this was an a, a symbol that we that we used or and it's not inappropriate of course it's a cross and it reminds us of you know what this supper and what this meal and what this is all about it just seems like that's a weird it's a weird kind of a slippery slope how do we view or prepare ourselves for participating knowing that this is it is symbolic but how do we find that deeper meaning if this is just like, if we're new to this or maybe it's just never clicked because for a long time with me, it didn't, that it was just, it, I mean, you know, it's more, but it, it seems like it's hard to plug into that when we're so worried sometimes about symbolism and what, what are we worshiping?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point, Randy. I, I, I don't think that I don't think we can ever get away from symbolism as yeah. much as, you know, that's just going to, that. I mean, literally think about it. I mean, your name is a symbol. Of, <laughs> yeah, you <know>. of course. <laughs> I mean, so we're always going to have symbols. You're right. They can become those things that we we protect and we cherish and we, we follow as opposed to the, what they represent. You're absolutely right. But um, I don't think that um, – first of all when, when Andy was speaking, i wish he you know, if if he was i wish he was here, I think he would speak to this is is when we uh, even in this ritual that we call it or a sacrament, many people call it, yeah, and obviously some people uh in 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 christianity uh look at symbols as you know that was so hard because in the very beginning, the reason why it got transferred. Over to this is the real body of Christ, or this is the real, is because there were there were those that um, had a difficult time with it being a symbol as of his body, so to speak. But um, but I think the real piece to this is the fact that the reality of it is that we should be desiring this just as much as we would need, our bodies would need a real meal, mm, yeah. which kind of, you know, which kind of brought in what Andy was speaking about on, on, on last uh, Sabbath is where he was talking about the fact that the meal got turned into just a place for people to uh, gorge themselves or, you know, prohibit other people from, ha- you know, there was just different things that it took place in the commonness of meal, but um, but I think you're right. I think that we need to realize that as sometimes as symbols can get passed off real quickly as oh that's just a symbol. Yeah. Th- the realness of it is should be in terms of how you know how much does this this sacrament or this ability to, to find a tradition in my life that means something to me. And I think that's how we have to look at it. Mm. Much like, um, you know, we have the, the the supper table, the meal itself is not just a place for us to come and, you know, get nourishment. That's not the only reason we gather around the table. There's a, there's a kind of a, a, a good tradition or a good ritual in a sense It brings a family together around a meal, and that's a good thing. And I think as a church, we need to realize how much this quote symbol actually does for us as a community and does for us each individually, too. It creates that ability to see that not only do I get a chance to look forward to the, you know, finally meeting God in heaven and and sitting at that table. But it also, in the meantime, we have this beautiful – of being able to to have uh, communion with each other and with you know as God asks us to do. I I think we can't we can't overemphasize it, and we can and we shouldn't underemphasize it either. I mean, yeah, we have to we have to really truly see it for what it is. It's Jesus saying, "Do this." Don't don't make a religious. Um, worship in other words we don't worship the sacrament but and sometimes we get into arguments about it. it's just ridiculous when actually what he's (laughs) just saying he's just saying to us hey you guys you're going to be your best support right you're going to be the ones that you know do this together and make it make it and that's what paul's talking about he says don't create this into a place for you to you know just be greedy and gluttonous and, and exclude and and blah, blah, blah. So
0: yeah, I like that part that, that Andy outlined because Paul gives that warning about, you know, these abuses that were taking place and, you know, during their, in their community during that communion agape feast, you know, they were sharing and serving each other from the plenty of some, but then still leaving others with the scarcity, which, you know, (laughs) I would suggest that maybe a warming of the heart is what we need to set goals of love and acceptance and care with this because, I mean, if we're we're parlaying this or we're, we're realizing that this is, again, a symbol, but this is an inclusion, not just into this 15, 20, 30 minutes that we may spend however many times a year together corporately or in COVID <laughs> virtually. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, but I think that having applying this to all the things in our world that are, you know, these injustices that just seemingly now happen on a weekly, sometimes daily basis, they're so prevalent. And it seems like sometimes this is so big and so insurmountable that it's just easier to quit than to continue to try to move forward or struggle to be better or push for change. When, you know, when he's coming down in this warning, he's just saying, be nice to each other, share what you have and make sure that you aren't, you know, like at the last supper, make sure that you're not fighting for who's going to sit at Jesus right hand. And don't be so proud that you're not going to be the one that's not that, you know, that is going to refuse. Like if I don't look up and I don't say anything, maybe Jesus won't pick me to help him wash feet. Right. Or,
1: you know that's really, really good, Randy. You know when you say when you say that you know there was a there was a real switch there's a there's a transition going on because if you remember um they were you know Jesus' Bible and the disciples' Bible was the Old Testament they didn't have the New Testament like right. we yeah. you know there was there was no directive. <laughs> For, you know, other than the fact that they, of the Old Testament that they had for for coming together and being together and what was going on in their world. I mean, we we think about our, what's going on in our world today, but what was going on in their world was a transition from this tribal um mentality of everybody is together. And there was this, uh, this move, not just a movement, I mean, empires upon empires were starting to, and you had cities that were, you know, even Jerusalem, we think of Jerusalem as being this, this nice Jewish town, but there was a lot of different citizens in Jerusalem. Hmm. And, and so there was this idea that I come to it may not be as homogeneous as I thought it would be, you know, so to yeah. speak. Oh, for There's sure. a lot of people in the church. And so Paul's writing to this group of people who have found somewhat what we would call individualization, you know. Yeah. And so now people are coming to the table with lots of different ideas about who's sitting across from me. And Jesus knew that was going to happen when he gave this to the disciples. He knew that that, that this was coming when there were going to be people <laughs> coming into his church yeah. that didn't look, didn't act, and didn't even speak the same way as you know the rest of them. And so this individualization was going to start making fragments within the church. And Absolutely. so this was his way of saying, no, 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 no. Allow this meal to be shared with everyone because that's the opportunity for you to come together in my name, so yeah. to speak. Well, I, yeah. just,
0: I just saw so many comparisons to what I yeah. think we're going through today and the struggles. And they're not really, like you just pointed out, they're really not that much different than what they were experiencing. And just the fact that if we can practice coming together on this, then yeah. maybe it makes it easier for us to come together on other things. I mean, I know right now you can't have a it's it's almost impossible to have a civil conversation about politics. I mean, of course, we're closing in on the November elections. We got debates. I think Here
1: we go. I think it yeah. comes up
0: tonight. Social injustices and, you know, police brutality, all these things, racism, and everyone has a different life experience, and I'm not trying to throw shade on a left side, a right side, a center side. But everyone has a life experience that molds the way they see things, the way they think. And it's not necessarily from a point of being right or wrong, vindictive or otherwise. But when, you know, when that ire is up and I just picture the the disciples going, because I know it would be me too. I would just like, I'm looking at the table. Nope, not looking left. I'm not looking right. <laughs> I can see Jesus out of my peripheral. He's grabbed. oh no, he's not gonna he's not gonna do that. No, and I, but I don't wanna I don't wanna acknowledge it because that's it's not happening. And then like like the teacher when you were a kid in class, if I don't look, they're not gonna pick on me. And it just really hit me that this is such an opportunity for us to to be so embrace embracing and so inviting to the outside. And I thought something that Andy said. About foot washing, and I thought, you know, as a kid, I hated that. It's like, oh, I don't want to take my <laughs> shoes off for somebody. You know, that that's kind of gross, and I don't want to wash somebody else's feet. I mean, what if they didn't take a shower? And I'm not a germaphobe or anything, but I always thought it was kind of gross. And the 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 more I've grown, and the the old maybe it's the older <laughs> the older I get, you know, you really see that as such a beautiful thing, and it's such a uh, if you have the ability to invite somebody to do that who's maybe never done it before, or maybe was like me as a kid, they're still uncomfortable with it. And it really makes you feel like, Oh, I'm a part of this and I'm willing to serve you. And I think it immediately pulls your, your guard, the other person's guard down. And then there's opportunities for friendship. There's opportunities for community. There's opportunities to serve each other that are all of a sudden opened up because of one act. And I'm like, how brilliant was Jesus? I mean I'm uncomfortable and we have running water and we you know we shower on the regular and all this kind of thing. Let me think about then, you know, there was it would have been a servant that would have done this and it really starts to hit home what he was trying to teach because when I grew up like only baptized members were encouraged to participate in communion like a rite of passage like the uh, a club and I, I never felt like that was a welcoming thing where I feel like the way we've done the 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 communion at whole life church has been so much so much fun even i, mean, I hate the word i don't want to use the word fun cuz it sounds whimsical maybe but i think it can be fun it can be it can be rewarding and it can really make you feel like you are a part of something and i i thought that was i thought that about the foot washing when andy mentioned it this week and i thought how could have something that has been so weird to me before now seem like, man, I wish we were together because you know what I really missed? I miss foot washing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's, is that weird? I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, I think that's, well, I think what you've done is you, you obviously have, have grown in your uh, repulsion, right? And you've started, <laughs> yeah, you started to realize, Hey, this, this actually is something that brings us all together. Yeah. And I think, I think that's literally, I mean, what he did, he, he put, he put himself in a place of a servant. And when he did that, he automatically helped them understand what it means to come to the same level together. Yeah. Because he didn't elevate himself. It's no. hard to go up, but you can certainly bring yourself down to a servant, which in a sense brings everybody to the point where, ooh, I could do that. <laughs> I could be a part of that. And he didn't, he also didn't say to us, To take this haphazardly either. I mean, it it was, you know, I I don't know if I want to use the word fun, but in a sense, it was it was something that was needed and it was something that was was a part of their normal everyday working, of drinking something and eating something, but he provides meaning to it. So while you're doing it, you're not just thinking about yourself. You're realizing what you're taking has some significance outside of you, right? I think the word
0: I'm looking for was enjoyable instead of fun, because I think it is more enjoyable when you do it with someone you know that you offer it up and even if it's a little uncomfortable if you still you go through that process together i think you just can't help but you know make a connect, yeah. make it some kind of connection and i think that's the the better and more meaningful connections that we make as even a church community is so beneficial for us in in teaching the gospel and just living out the gospel i think it's it's such a it's such a basic thing and yet it can be so powerful because you don't have to know anything. You don't have to know any Bible. You don't have to be able to recite anything. You don't have to you don't have to know doctrine. All you have to do yeah. is be able to bend down and wash somebody's feet. And I think that mm-hmm. act of kindness can be so much more because there's there's nothing else attached to it seemingly. I invite you I didn't ask you for anything else. I don't ask you what you know. We don't have to have to we don't have to have a conversation that's anything more than, you know, just kind of getting to know someone. So I think you know, communion might be something that maybe we should do a little bit more often. I don't know. Maybe it should be something that we really look as a way to us for us, even to invite others into this life. That's just, man, super non-confrontational. Just, yeah, I just, I, mean, I just never thought about it like that until, until this week.
1: Yeah. And there shouldn't be any resistance because the fact is, I mean, yeah, we all have different talents. Sure. But and some of us, you know, have different talents to do different things, whether it's music or preaching or teaching or, you know, whatever. But all of us can serve. Absolutely. There's, all of us can do that. So,
0: well, yeah. and I loved as we start to wrap it up here, I loved how he, Andy, used uh, John fourteen one to 3. And maybe one of my favorite promises in the Bible that comes directly from Jesus. And he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. Now, I know this last little part there created a little bit of confusion <laughs> for the for the disciples, but to, for that promise for us now and having the whole story You know, I don't know if there's a better promise that helps motivate us to take, just to take care of others and share this eternal inclusion. And again, just something so easy as, you know, foot washing and sharing in this communion. I really, it just made me think about it in a completely different way. So this week, one of our whole life takeaways asked how integral is the concept of being a servant to communion and You know, I think what we talked about today, I'd love to hear what you think about this and the way that Andy presented this message this week and to see maybe how we could utilize and be even more intentional than we have been. I think our church does a great job with this, but maybe there's ways we can be more intentional about inviting others and to include others in communion. Maybe someday when we're all back together and we get to do this again and we can actually do the foot washing and do, you know, and take these together because it's a special time to share. So Anyway, we'd love to know what you think about this correlation of having service and communion. And we'd love to hear your ideas. Send a voicemail or a text to 407-967-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. And we would love to share that with everyone else. And our final thoughts this week are from Andy's message. He said, maybe all the other stuff is greater and of lesser importance at different times. But Jesus' prayer for unity, for oneness, is a call to humility about our beliefs share unity and oneness with him. And the father is a call worthy of following. And in this shared table, there is unity that Jesus is the savior and he calls us to love. And there is a glorious future. I thought that was full of That's hope. Good. Yeah, that was really good. So, you know, I said this last week, but you know, don't miss this week's message. I know sometimes we've had a, maybe a propensity to go, ah, it's just communion. I don't need to tune in for that. And you know, please do. You can watch it at whole life. Church. You can watch it in the mobile app. You can swipe up in today's show notes and click on a link there to Speaking of Grace. That will be the message. And you can go back and listen to the message portion that comes out every Tuesday evening. So this would be last night as you're listening to this. And next week, we have a new series. What's what's up with this? While We Wait. Do we know what this is about, Jeff?
1: Yeah, it's going to be kind of a new take on eschatology. And for those of you that may not use that word a whole lot. um, What? You don't use
0: eschatology every day in your your speaking?
1: Yeah. No, actually, I don't.
0: I'm disappointed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But um, it's basically looking at how we perceive their end time events these are end time scenarios or these are last, you know, when you see the guy holding the sign, the end of the world (laughs) is here.
0: (laughs) Why (laughs) do I always start singing R E Go to that
1: song. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) So, um, so when we, 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 that's basically, it's a study of those, those events and those um uh, scenarios that bring us to the close of life as we know it, or the world as we know it. Excellent. So um, it's just a different kind of a look at it because uh, our church has, you know, has quite a lot to say in regards to as we think about what last days might be because. We've always kind of prided ourselves. Uh, a lot of theologians have said, "Well, we're the we're the church for the end time," and but I think a lot of churches feel that. A lot of churches feel that way. I guess they <laughs> wouldn't be here, right? But. Um, it, but looking at eschatology look studying end time events and maybe having a different perspective so that's what this is about
0: well in 2020 is there anything more appropriate than studying end time events
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> at
0: least seemingly what's, it seems pretty it seems like it's a good match
1: <laughs> what's funny what's even funnier is the fact that the disciples after Jesus left felt like they were living in the last days <laughs> And, so this is 2000 years. Yeah, and ago. I
0: was like to say, and here we are two, uh 2000 yeah. years later and we're still thinking the yeah. same thing, but excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be good. And the first message is it's entitled Abraham. So I'm already, it sounds yeah. like we're starting at the beginning.
1: I mean, yeah, we gotta, gotta go from this, from the beginning of what we look at as our forefathers. Beginning so to, to the end.
0: So maybe next yeah. week I need some really dramatic music to change on the podcast. So yeah, we can, there like, you we go. Can, we
1: can pump it up. So, <laughs>
0: Ominous. Ominous, yes. Theme songs. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you joining in today. And uh, Andy, we missed you, and we'll catch up with you next week. And that's going to do it for this week. So, again, uh, if you missed it, go back and check out the message. The easiest way to do that is just swipe up in today's show notes, and you'll find the link to Speaking of Grace. Subscribe, and then you'll never miss a message every Tuesday evening. And, of course, join us again next Wednesday morning for episode 227.
1: Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great week.